0: This is Ryan. My arm itches. Yeah, but what's your name?
1: Oh, it's Steve. Hi, Steve. Oh, what are we doing right now?
0: We're doing the intro to our podcast. It's about guitars. Are you
1: talking about our podcast, 60 Cycle Hum? The guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, my dear reviewing, playing
0: podcast. Um, Yes, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. What's a pod? What? What's a podchasm? What you just had? <laughs> you just had a podchasm. <laughs> okay. Uh, what episode is this? Sixty four. Sixty four. We're getting up there, Steve. We're yeah. getting old.
1: Hey, you know what? We can talk. We do have something kind of new to talk about. I think. Okay. Maybe. What? What's new, Steve? Um, I've got a couple pedals I'm playing around with. Oh yeah. Oh, you want to talk
0: about that? Can we? Well, yeah, it's not... Oh, Yeah, let's talk about it. We can yeah. do an official review some other time, but we can talk about well, it. Well, I'm saying like we can... It's after April. It's April. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay, so we've got these pedals from JHS. Yeah. Um, Is that the only thing we were waiting to, to talk to them about? I don't know. I thought we were waiting to see how you felt about them after playing with them.
1: Oh, maybe. I haven't used the twin... So so we got the ta- Uh,
0: the... Honeycomb Deluxe, uh huh. Just the tremolo, and the reason that we couldn't t- talk about it really is because our good friend Daniel Hayek went out to JHS a while back to film a secret video for April Fool's Day, which you guys have all pretty probably seen already. Um, but we weren't allowed to talk about it until after that. He went out there. Oh, I so was, that's the detail you couldn't yeah, talk about. Yeah. He, okay. Um, he went out there. I was talking to him. I was like, "Oh, have fun at JHS. <laughs> Bring me back some pedals." Yeah, and we were both like, ha, "Ha ha 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 And then he brought back pedals. Yeah, from from Josh. They they pulled some pedals out of the scratch and dent pile for us. Um, the twin twelve. Yeah, and uh, and, and
1: the the honeycomb, the honeycomb deluxe, yeah, the tremolo. Which is great. So I've gotten to use the tremolo on the bass. That thing's a ton of fun. Uh huh. Um, basically, it's everything that my EA trim should be, except I don't know how to build stuff. <laughs> um, but it sounds great. It's a great little trim. I like being able to set like the two different speeds. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that's actually I, very useful. Though I kind of just have them set like vaguely, um, like. At, a half from each other Sure uh, Or double each other Yeah Depending on how you look at it That's kind of what I was doing with it Yeah Bass is a hard th- instrument to use tremolo on For a lot of this kind of music That we are doing at church these days Because everything is so like rhythmic And like having a tremolo on bass Just throws Sure Drummers for a loop <laughs> I believe it um, But What I did the last time At the end of the service You know sometimes If there's nothing going on uh, we kind of mess around with stuff, so I turned every pedal on my board on, of course. That's the way you get the and, best tone, uh, right? That is, and then I unplugged my bass because you don't need that, <laughs> nope, not anymore. Um, not with all those fuzzes running, and uh, I kind of was just like playing with knobs and like that tremolo. I mean, the tr- even before I was doing that, that tremolo sounded really good. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to play around with the Twin 12 as much. I did listen to you mess around with it, and it sounds really great. Yeah,
0: it's, gr- it's a great pedal. Uh, well, let's Let's segment this so I can drop stuff into videos, and we'll talk about the Honeycomb some more. Sure. The thing that I really like about the honeycomb is how amp like it is it really reminds me of an amp style tremolo the way that it's dialed in right uh it's very kind of warm and soft it's not you're not going to get your helicopter sounds with it your hard cuts um i think with the depth turned all the way up it it kind of it doesn't do the square wave thing it's always still a sine wave um i was really enjoying it all my other Tremolo pedals that I have right now have like a dozen knobs on them are like super tweaker pedals where you can just do all sorts of stuff. It was right. a lot of fun to mess around with a pedal that it, even though it has two switches and four knobs, it's it's actually very basic. It's volume, it's shape or depth, and then it's two different speed knobs. And it's just, it was really refreshing to have just this kind of simple options, have it sound really good at every setting And then the ability to change speed based on two different speed knobs is kind of a bit of a revelation to me. Like, this is a lot of fun. This is very usable. Like, I have my slow kind of, uh, you know, drifty kind of tremolo for drifty parts that I would play. And then I have like this, the sped up, like fast, rampy sort of choppy sort of sound on the other speed. And it was a lot of fun to be able to jump in between the two. Uh, tons of volume on tap, on the volume side. I I basically decided a year or two ago that I will never buy a tremolo pedal again, that does not have a volume control.
1: Absolutely, and that that was always so. I, for a long time, I had the Dan Electro Tuna Melt, uh-huh. uh, which is part of their like mini food series. But that was actually like a revered trem pedal. It's
0: actually it's actually a really great especially
1: little especially because that was like an mid or a late 90s early 2000s pedal in an era where like trim pedals were kind of hard to come by uh-huh um there was I mean, really only
0: just the boss you pedal. had the
1: boss tr2 and
0: maybe did ehx have something maybe probably they have the worm but that's kind of abstract
1: yeah so the to melt trim was they really the pulsar like, too yeah uh, the pulsar is the one i was thinking of yeah uh, so the Tuna Mount Trem is a great sounding tremolo tremolo I don't know
0: tremolo tremolo we're gonna get notes about this tremolo I'm gonna be switching back and forth throughout. tremolo tremolo ha- let's throw a wrench in it and call it tramola. Tre- tremolo Tra- tre-mola. Tremola. <laughs> tremolo tremola tremolo so you got this tremola Trem-
1: tremolo tremolo <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna make for the best YouTube demo um but anyway, so, so that thing, um, it sounded great. Uh-huh. But yeah, without the volume pedal, it just sounded weird in a, mi- in a live mix. Um, I wanted to you read... You mean without the volume knob? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Without the volume knob, um, it sounded weird in the live mix.
0: Uh, it was just hard. I just didn't feel comfortable with it. It's hard to g- The problem is with a tremolo or a tremola uh, is that it effectively is cutting your signal in half. Well, it's cutting And even it. if the peaks are the, the same volume as your normal signal, you're losing volume because the lows are are down. So it's nice to be able to boost your peaks a little bit so that the middle of the sine wave is more is closer to your 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 unity signal.
1: Right. No, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's yeah. Anyway, um, so here's the description of this pedal from JHS. Just like our discontinued Honeycomb single, the Honeycomb Deluxe gives you true vintage analog tone and ease of operation that will open up a new palette of sounds reminiscent of early Fender, Blackface, and vintage Vox Tremola circuits from years (laughs) gone by the only difference is that this one has those over the top options for uh, the more demanding Tremaholic we start by giving you an extra LED for the rate speed that stays on even when the pedal is in bypass so you can definitely have an epileptic seizure (laughs) I added I added that part oh, okay <laughs> this allows a constant monitor on your speed. It's really convenient but like at high rates of speed it like it is epileptic. it's really like yeah distracting uh the next thing we do is add a second foot switch that allows you to alternate between two independently controlled speed knobs. This is like having two tremolos in one enclosure. uh the knobs are located over a third led that is always on as well. When the LED is red, it means you have the red red speed knob activated and when it's green, you guessed it, you have the green knob activated. On V2s, you will see a small red switch inside the pedal on the circuit board. Flip this switch down for slower speed ranges or keep it up for the stock speed range. Uh, So that's it. So uh, Yeah, it's a really fun trim. Uh, I haven't used it with guitar yet. Uh Um, And I, I mean honestly, like I think what I bring to this
0: podcast is bass. Yeah. Anyway, you're an you're uh, um, ambassador.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am actually. Uh, I like it. I, I'm really enjoying it. What I've used it so far. Uh huh. So I mean, like um, I
0: said, it's a really simple. Well, not really simple. It's 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 the basics of what you need, with you know some neat little extra options, and it's just at the at the core of it is an actually just really great sounding. Natural sounding tremolo, right? What it is
1: is it, it's a simple, like it's a straight ahead, like the description says. It's a straight ahead classic styled uh-huh. tremolo, um, but it does give you the option with the two different rate knobs, yeah, isn't there and a, the volume. Isn't
0: there a dip switch inside that you can? That's I already read that part. Did right? you? I mostly yeah. glossed over it. Sorry. Like a, you can change it to being like crazy faster Crazy slow or yeah. something. yeah
1: now one thing I haven't messed with though I'm, I'm I would think you can probably do unless it doesn't go slow enough is um, a lot of these trim pedals if you turn the depth all the way down uh-huh
0: preamp oh yeah you can use it as a boost yeah because it's got a ton of so volume on tap
1: it sounds really good I was messing with that a little bit with the bass
0: uh-huh and it definitely uh, oh totally works like that and it's it's really cool yeah, just add, give you a little bit extra volume if you want to turn it into a boost pedal. Yeah. Or, you know, I, does it give you a little bit of extra toniness? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it
1: feels like it It might. It might give you a little bit of an extra toner? Of course, I always put the tr- tremolo like last in, in my signal. Sure. Uh, so
0: I don't know how useful it is to put a boost there. You know, overall volume boost. Yeah. If you know that you're not going to use a tremolo at all. Right. In your set. Uh should we talk about the twin 12? I haven't used it. Well, I have. Well, <laughs> I mean we okay, can Okay, t- we'll hold off in- on it until you use it. All right. We'll talk about it later. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it. I don't it, know when I'm gonna get to use it
1: as part of the problem because yeah. I don't know I have no idea when I'm scheduled to play again. Yeah, things are a little weird with the schedule. Uh, right now. But definitely the next what I might try to do is set the base. One thing I'm definitely interested to try with the twin twelve because it's designed um after like the vintage silver tone. Uh-huh. Is to just set my bass... well, I I mean I feel like I go for a pretty neutral bass tone anyway. Uh-huh. People would who listened to it might disagree and that's whatever, but I want to try to use the twin 12 as an always on. Right. And just like kind of set it up as a preamp. Sure. Or at least set it up for like something to get some kind of gritty amp like thing going on. Well,
0: we'll t- we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And-
1: yeah. Once, once I have a chance to actually use it
0: in a live setting, I'll definitely have an yeah. opinion. And I'll be, uh, I'll be doing some video reviews of these pedals. So subscribe to us on YouTube uh, join the Facebook group, and it'll be posted there. You should join the Facebook group anyway. So come hang out with us and talk to us during the week. Yeah, people. We, if you like what you hear on the podcast, people on the group are basically doing the same stuff throughout the week, like posting ads, posting interesting questions,
1: making fun of people on the internet, making
0: fun of people on the internet. Of course, uh, you know it's a really fun, great, like lighthearted group. Yeah, it's not like one of these big corporate gear conversation groups where you know everyone's there causing problems everyone on our group is just the best
1: the best we just passed 400 people which is super exciting and uh-huh. and the one thing that i just hear over and over again is how chill everyone is and how you know my favorite thing is when someone's like hey look at this like crazy thing i found at a swap meet I paid twenty dollars for uh it's an amplifier and then I slash the speakers. Uh Uh-huh. Check out the sound it makes. And it's just the garbagest thing ever. But at the same time, like everyone's like, This sounds like garbage.
0: I kinda want it. I want to do that. And we're also a great group because it's like there's people on there who are extremely experienced oh people, yeah people who are in the industry building guitars and pedals and amps and then we also have people who are brand new and who are asking questions that brand new people would ask and we welcome those people with open arms and we're very friendly yeah to new people no question is a dumb question only our answers are dumb so <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, come one come all you know basically Ad time. You're gonna sing another ad song. Ad. Why don't you sing an ad song? right? Advertisements that we read. Oh my gosh. On the show. Ugh.
1: Ads. Have you ever thought about trying to do Ads. a solo 60 cycle hum
0: episode? Ads. Do you think it would be half as long? Advertisements. I would never do a solo one. I've done. A, <laughs> we've done like little clips. Sure. We've done like, like mini sodes. I would never do it by myself. I. The few like podcasts i've listened to that have been just one person talking i don't listen to them anymore so what was
1: funny is we had a big one of you know we have these random listener spikes uh-huh and one of them happened after i read the daniel shields yeah response that was weird about uh talking about the 100 amps and i sent it to you and i was like i was like dude like just actually i don't even think i sent it to you i think i just did it all at home um yeah, because I edited it in Audacity, and like, had, yeah, I didn't have the song to do the intro. I hacked that off of an episode. I noticed that, and I had to uh, chop it a little short and like try to gate it. I had to try to gate it hard enough that like fade it hard like at just the right moment so you don't hear like you going, "Hey, it's Ryan." You could have just asked Adam for the recording or me. But the thing is, is I wanted to publish it that night and I was Uh, doing it like... The recording is somewhere in our emails. Oh oh my gosh, you're right. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, I posted that thing, but I did it super reluctantly because I was super appreciative about the response, um, but I just felt like i sounded really
0: bored but
1: we actually got some like good
0: feedback on that one so you know it was short and it was sweet and it was addressing an email yeah um i don't think a full episode of just one of us talking would be very interesting because you kind of have to have that dynamic there do i have to sing an ad song again (laughs) now that we've kind of we started it and now we broke it oh man that's a chocolatey brew yeah oh yeah uh, we're drinking Pacific Storm Stout <laughs> from uh, New English Brewery, which is one of my favorite local breweries. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're really good. They make I, good stuff. I went down there today, and they had uh, they have a, a stout called Zoom Bar on Nitro. Zoom Bar is a uh, local coffee shop. For th- okay, so it's like a coffee stout.
1: It's uh yeah, Zoom Bar is a Cerno Valley coffee shop. They do cold brew and they do their own all their own stuff.
0: Okay, so this thing on Nitro. I swear I could have eaten it with a fork. It was so thick and creamy. I have never had a beer that thick.
1: Zumbar, I haven't I don't know if I've had it on Nitro, but Zumbar uh is definitely in my top five stouts, if yeah. not my number one. It's really
0: good. And I don't know, know if you can get it outside of San Diego County, but you it's probably can't. It's great. Though there's ways.
1: Um i'm i'm not gonna listen back paul paul roney send me an email you guys have my email Uh uh-huh uh let me know if you're interested in a stout
0: okay just let me know (laughs) when you listen to this just just right we're testing me a message we're testing to see if you listen paul (laughs) that's not true we love you guys all right everyone go listen to the lutherist podcast Luthierist, luthierist, the luthierist, the luthierist. All
1: right, BBE tremor, tremolo, and mindbender chorus, vibrato, pedal set. Oh, that's cool. Hardwired together. What? Uh, what is going on here? This is a buy it now at one hundred and ten dollars. Excuse me. <laughs> Good
0: burp, Steve.
1: This is a those two pedals. A trem. Man, we're just talking about trems a lot. Trem and Chorus, they are hardwired together. So somebody took the output jack on one pedal and the input jack on the other pedal and took the jacks off and wired them together, like soldered the leads together, and then... and then... And then? They glued the pedals
0: together. Oh my gosh. What? Who did this bad thing? These uh, poor baby pedals. Who did this bad thing to them? Fleur de Lis
1: 318 on eBay. Oh, my gosh. They are located in... Oh, my gosh. No
0: way. Where are they?
1: They are located in... Um, I don't even know if I can pronounce this because it's been a long time since I've been down there. Somebody, Casey Babcock, is going to make fun of us. Uh-huh. Uh, well, he was going to do that anyways. Yeah. I think it's a uh, Nacatoshis, Nacatoshis, Louisiana.
0: I wish I knew what the motivation behind this was because this is insane. It looks like they used liquid nails to combine to permanently fix these two pedals together. And what's weird, don't these pedals have the plugs on the top? Aren't these top jack ones? Oh, maybe oh. not, because like, there's a jack
1: on the side. I think they're side jack. Yeah. Why
0: would anyone do this?
1: Because you
0: hate the world. <laughs> what is the mind bender? Is that like a vibe sort of thing or Leslie thing? It's a, tr- it's a chorus. That's a chorus? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, a chorus permanently glued through the trimmer, which I'm assuming is a tremolo. It did not sell. No kidding. No kidding this didn't sell this but should never sold all this should it never says sold. this should be burned
1: all it says is they are glued together one input one output sealed together to save pedal board space oh my gosh i feel sick i wonder if this person is a saints fan why because they're fleur-de-lis 318
0: i don't know man and
1: the fleur-de-lis is the symbol for the norland saints well, they're in the South. It might make sense. Well, they're in Louisiana, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But this is this is just sad. Do you ever think about the city of New Orleans? Who thought of this? Who did this thing? I, th-
0: I don't understand. I feel like
1: if you're in Louisiana, this might make a lot of sense. I don't understand. <gasps> I don't... <sighs> I don't understand why this is why this happened it was just such a timeless com- uh, combination of yep. pedals oh, everyone thought.
0: always just wants that chorus super glued to that tremolo and never separated I ever would again I'm going to
1: start hard wiring and super gluing my pedals together uh, all of my side mounted jack pedals are just going to start getting hardwired and glued together
0: that way I don't have to buy new jacks new cables I have no words left for this we have to we have to do another ad to clear this out of my out of my mouth. I got a bad taste in my mouth from this. Just drink a beer. I'm gonna have to drink my beer. All right. So this is an ad that you found, right? Which one? Uh, the the book. Oh
1: yeah. So I just wanted to talk about this because it's kind of come up. Uh, we actually found locally a guitar
0: slash bass blue book slash reference guide. I haven't seen one of these in like a decade. I saw a guy pull one out at a at a guitar store once to check the value of something. Yeah, like a, a deal was going down in the next register over, and I saw the guy pull it out, and I was like, "Oh, there's a blue book for guitars. That's weird." This actually says it's the first edition blue book
1: of guitar value, so I don't know what year this was published. This guy's asking fifteen dollars. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know what one of these would cost new.
0: I don't imagine that these things would stay current very well.
1: Well, one of the issues... So, what this is, is this is... Like, you have Kelly Blue Book for cars. Uh-huh. This is the same thing for guitar and bass. Um, And it's... I've only ever seen one of these used once, like you mentioned. Uh-huh. I've seen
0: these referenced a lot. I have a feeling this is what all the pawn shops use to try to figure out what stuff is well, worth. Well,
1: when I saw this was at Guitar Trader... Okay. When I bought my that five string bass that I had for oh. such a long time, they pulled out the blue book and they were like, "Well, your bass is worth like, according to blue book, this bass is worth six hundred and fifty dollars, so we're gonna offer you two hundred and seventy five, yeah, that's or whatever." Um, but they actually like had the book out in there looking at the specs and whatever to make sure it matched up. And that's the only time I've ever seen one of these used. Is like dealers have them so they know what gear is worth according to whatever. But the problem is is that like
0: these days, something like this is outdated. Yeah, I feel like this whole concept is out the window now because if you want to know the value of things, all you have to do is what we do and go on eBay and check the completed listings. And yeah. you'll see what people have been paying for these, and that is the value. Now, I don't know if $15 is a fair
1: price for one of these. I didn't bother looking. But it dawned on me that I actually might
0: like to own one of these. Okay. You know, the, the place where this could be useful is for your high-end rare stuff that doesn't end up on eBay very often. So it's, it's hard to check the actual So value there's hood.
1: that, and there's one, which I didn't think of that reason. There's actually the reason that I would like to own it. Uh-huh. Toilet paper. <laughs> not toilet paper. That, <laughs> that's expensive toilet paper. It's not that long. Um, It's just as a general reference. I don't know how sure. complete this thing is. Just as a quick reference. But as a quick reference, I think it would be, it could be like a really cool thing to own. uh, Because, like, if it's even like 75%, if it has like, say, 75% of the Harmony slash K slash Silvertone models that were ever made. Sure. That's a super great reference. Not even for prices, but just to know what existed. Yeah, what
0: models there were. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because then you can check, you know, existing models and know what was was out there so like you have you see something online like oh what weird guitar is that you figure out the brand and then you can figure out the exact model yeah I I guess I can see the point in that that's the only reason I would want to own one would you $15 want that reason um I imagine this thing is probably pretty pricey if you buy it brand new well this one is a first edition right but don't you for things like this don't you want the most current edition yeah probably
1: I don't know how I don't. I have no idea how many editions there are I have no idea how much it would cost if I was to look for one of these on like half.com or Amazon or sure or, or eBay oh Ooh. you're yawning wow. now am or I bo- whatever am I boring you Steve yeah
0: <laughs> I'm boring myself uh, uh, we're talking um, about a book dude I worked an extra hour today we are talking about a square thing with words in it I know <laughs> Let's move on, man. We got to hit this next ad because it's a big one. Yeah, we're going to need your guys' help with this. So you will see this posted. Everyone get out their decoder rings. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drink more Oval <Ovaltine>. Team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Where is it? Where's There's the first one. This is crazy. Uh, who sent this to us? Co. Co. Co sent this to us. Good old Co. Co is, uh, some of you might get this reference. Co is kind of turning into our Drew Davenport. If you don't know what we're talking about, that's fine. That's probably better. It's probably better. Um, vintage Guitar Amp Collection, $8,500. And there's a picture here with just a wall of amplifiers. I'm yep. talking like kind of, there's a few recognizable things in here, but there's a lot of your kind of 50s, early 60s, department store era kind of stuff looking in here yeah maybe some Gretschy sort of stuff silver tony stuff you know all that kind of weird funkiness yeah uh ampeg stuff uh there was we have a list here of everything that's in here i don't know if we should even try reading this but we counted how many there are right how many were there they're like 41 41 amplifiers in this collection it says most of these amps
1: require restoration and service you must be prepared to service the equipment so
0: this is eighty five hundred dollars for for forty one amplifiers. That breaks down to two hundred and two hundred and ten dollars. Two hundred and ten dollars
1: an amp. Sounds like some of them need some work. Yeah, I'm gonna just kind of run through and kind of hit some of the highlights. So this will be like a kind of a things that I recognize. Sure. Uh, Ampeg R twelve R, which is the Reverb Rocket. Yeah. Um. There's a handful. There's four Gibson amps. Uh, GA5 uh, which is the Skylark yeah is one of them Uh, the
0: Saturn the Explorer the Field Coil
1: Guild Thunderstar which I'm I'm not sure if the Guild Thunderstar is the one I'm thinking of that is like the Guild equivalent to like the Valco Supro Uh uh-huh uh, I'm not sure if that's the Thunderstar, though. It might be different. There's a Magnetone Magna in there. Nice. I'm not sure which model that is, but Magnetone made some nice stuff. I
0: mean, it's an 8-inch speaker, so it's got to be one of those little brown, vintage looking ones, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: there's a Music Man HD 150 head. There's a Polytone uh, 212. Uh-huh. Um, a Silvertone 464, which is a solid state. Silvertone 1471. Um, there was a Marshall in there. Oh, Marshall uh, 2204, which is the JCM 800, the 50-watt version. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. There's some unknown stuff. There's a Sun Model 200. Oh, nice. Which is a cool one. A Valco Oahu. I don't even know what that is. Another Magnetone. There's another oh, Magnetone. Oh, it's a chassis
0: only. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, there's some There's some nice Ampeg stuff. The V4. Oh, the V4 is a cab. The GT10. I'm trying to remember which one that is. It is just a grab bag of amplifiers. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some of it, I'm I'm sure some of the stuff works fine. Some of it needs uh, some repair. It sounds to me that looks like a repair shop closing down and clearing out. Yeah,
1: it basically sounds like like somebody who maybe bought like a bunch of broken stuff. Yeah, think with the same intention because this ad is is even it says like this is ideal for. You know, someone who runs an electronics repair shop who wants to spend... I think they wanted like $1,000 to ship all this stuff. Oh, no kidding. Is,
0: can you imagine shipping this? Is, no, I can't. You got to stick it all in a big wooden... Can you imagine shipping this to New Zealand? Oh, my gosh. You got to stick it all in a big wooden crate and it's going to go on the back of a semi-truck or something, you know? Yeah, it'd actually have to be shipped as freight. Yeah, there's just no way. Uh... There's no way... Can you imagine that showing up at your door? It
1: says the amp collection came from the late, great Richard Camplin of Indigo Ranch. That doesn't mean anything to me. That but maybe that means something to you Indigo guys. Ranch
0: sounds familiar to me. I don't yeah. know why. But can you imagine the scenario? You decide that you want all these amps. You have it shipped to your house. One day, the doorbell rings. You go to your door. You sign the paper. There's a crate sitting in the street in front of your house. And all day long... All you're doing is cracking open that crate and your neighbors are watching you carry amp after amp after amp into your house. There's 41 amps. You're going you're making at least 20 trips out to the street and back.
1: Some of these amps are pretty small. You might be able to carry 3.
0: You're not going to carry 3 amps. I can't carry 3 amps. You shouldn't. Well, I can you should you, one amp per hand steve
1: yeah and then you can put if you got heads you can put a head in each arm some of these amps are like
0: old like sixty yeah. solid
1: state stuff they only weigh like eight pounds
0: let's say this i'm not going to go with the three amps in hand plan but if you've got a dolly you could probably do three or four amps in a trip but still you're making all these trips yeah. back and forth through the street where there's this giant wooden like circus crate is <laughs> completely full of amplifiers and your neighbors are just scratching their head like what is this guy doing dude plug them all in at once all at once just blow your fuse box
1: if you've got the money to buy all this stuff i would just and i'm saying like you just got the money sitting around and you didn't care I would buy all of this stuff and take all of the combo amps uh-huh. and all of the heads that I can match to a cab, plug them all in at once. Oh, my gosh. Like daisy chain, whatever I needed to do to plug Ugh. one guitar into all of them. You would need to build... turn them Turn them all up to 10. Oh, my gosh. And have my own personal back-to-the-future moment.
0: You would need to build a <laughs> custom splitter that went from one input to 41 outputs.
1: No way, dude. Just get a just get a bunch of Y splitters.
0: Oh, uh, Steve, no. You're going to split Daisy that Daisy chain. You're going to split that signal so thin that there's nothing left and it's just going to be buzz. Oh, and that J-C-M. And what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that you know, half of those are so old and broken that the grounds are all going to be messed up and it's just going to set your guitar on fire. <laughs> You're going to turn on those amps and plug it in your guitar and your guitar is just going to set on fire and burn like a cigarette. <laughs> it's just going to start turning to red hot ash in your hands. Is that cuz my playing is on fire? No, it's cuz your guitar is on fire uh-huh. cuz you plugged it into 41 amplifiers. <laughs> uh maybe maybe two-thirds of them work at the moment but the ones that aren't work are the ones that are setting your guitar on actual fire oh my gosh <laughs> i don't even know from the description of two-thirds of them work yeah it doesn't say this is a mystery grab bag at at 210 per amp before shipping let's call it 250 after shipping is that fair uh yeah that's fair 250 per amp after shipping. It no, it's not fair. Okay. Two seventy five? Oh wait. Ah oh, math. What's a thousand split forty one ways? It's, it's actually twelve
1: fifty. So one twenty five and four is three. So oh
0: yeah, two forty. Yeah, two fifty is fair. After you know, after everything is said and done, you're probably close to two fifty per amp. Uh some of these amps might be worth like four hundred dollars. Or more. You know, some of these might be worth a couple, a bunch of hundreds of dollars. Some of them are probably worth like $60. Yeah, and that's the problem is like, you just...
1: One, you have to know how to repair all this stuff. You have to have the uh-huh. time to repair I'm talking, all this stuff. I'm talking
0: fully working. Some of these are worth 60 bucks.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's one that's like unknown 6-inch speaker. Right. 60 solid-state amp. And that's the kind of thing that you would find at... Um, at a swap meet for like 40 bucks yeah
0: i mean all these these little 60s solid state amps probably not going to fetch a ton of money unless there's something really unique and desirable about them the larger solid state amps uh there's probably a market but it's still going to be limited you're still probably in like the 120s on those
1: yeah most of the solid state stuff they listed was like cheaper stuff uh, the only ones that I that really jumped out to me were the Vox. There's a Vox Berkeley. Yeah, just kind of one of their older ones, and then the there, the Polytone 212. Sure, and both of those. Like I don't know if the Vox Berkeley is one that people care about. Uh, the Polytone maybe that my one might be worth a couple hundred bucks. Yeah,
0: I feel like if this if this was local here in our neighborhood, I would probably be interested in this. Under three thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's eight thousand dollars. I know. But it would just the work involved in flipping all this stuff or even getting it back onto the market or weeding through all of it does not make it worth two fifty per amp for me. Right. You know? You tired, Steve? I don't know why I'm yawning. Steve looks tired. Are you ready for a nap? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're just gonna. A nap now. We're just gonna. We're gonna pause the show. We'll
1: take a little nap. Napcast. Here. We're gonna napcast. We're just gonna record like thirty minutes of sleeping now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Here we go.
1: Wow. That's bad. Don't and be. we're back. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay.
0: That was a great nap, Steve. All right. Topics time. Yeah. This ad is from Adam Dolhan. It's not an advertisement, Steve. Uh, topic. Topic. It is sorry. A topical discussion point. Yeah. It's a topic. Topic. It tope is what I call it. It's short for topic.
1: Why wouldn't you call it a top?
0: We're going to have a tope or a top or a ta? A tope.
1: Oh, I was thinking
0: of... We're going to have a tee T-pick here.
1: I was going to ask you if it was like a hat, but then that's a toque. That's a
0: toque? 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 I don't know.
1: Toke. I we think got a, it's a We got a real tea pick here. I think a toque is what like they call beanies in Canada.
0: You Who's this from? Adam Dol, Dolhanic? I had you read it because I don't know how to say his last name. Dolhanick? Dolhanic? Dolhanic. Dolahic? Donaldic? Adam Uh, Donaldnick. (laughs) Donaldnick?
1: Now you're just putting letters in there.
0: (laughs) Sorry for butchering your last name, Adam. Uh, We try our best. No, we don't. He said Um, a bunch of different stuff. Let's start with this one. What's your least favorite beer? Oh, come on. I already
1: know what my answer is. What's your answer? Cave Creek Chili Beer. Oh yeah, you've talked to me about that before. Yeah. didn't I? Didn't you try it? I don't remember. I thought I I thought you came across a bottle or something. I can't remember. So Cave Creek Chili Beer. The story of this beer is it's this bartender in Cave Creek, Arizona, uh-huh. and uh, you know people always ask for oh I want a Corona with lime, I want a Corona with lime. So after they had like a few of them and they were a little like loopy, he would give them a Corona that instead of putting a lime in it. He would put a Serrano chili in it. Uh-huh. And make like this super spicy beer. Okay. And then they would drink it and then they'd like like it would be like wake up juice basically. Right, right. Uh so I got one of these in like a beers of the world. How pack. many
0: how many Back to the Future references are we gonna make this episode? What what did I just reference? Wake up juice from Back to the Future three.
1: <laughs> I didn't eat that was not intentional.
0: <laughs> uh and weren't our other references last episode? No, that was we were talking about the wall, oh, the amps. wall of the amplifiers. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: anyway, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe fresh, that works. I've read some reviews where people were like, oh, I really like this beer. But to me, it was like this super strong pepper after. Sure. Like aftertaste that just like... Mm. I've had some Rod chili it. beers that I, I
0: really liked, but they were all really dark beers. The Cave Creek Chili Beer
1: is the only beer I've ever poured out. Wow. And I've had a lot of different beers. I haven't like had the full sampling of Anheuser-Busch or Miller Coors products by any means. Uh-huh. But I think I could at least tolerate the alcoholic water products that yeah. a, American Macro Brews tried to sell us. Sure, sure.
0: Um, I don't know. You ever had one of those Bud Light Platinums? Yeah, it's like fruit juice. It's so weird. It's like a sugar sugar water. Yeah, That's it's like, hum- it's like hummingbird
1: food. That stuff is just designed to get you drunk. Yeah, and it's like you know a whole one percent ABV higher than regular Budweiser.
0: I, I, w- I could say that like the Budweisers of the world are not my favorite, but I actually do like some cheap beers, just not from Budweiser. I like High Life, and so I what's, like. I what's like, your you least know, favorite beer? The things I can think of that was like, I can't stand this. It's another like flavored beer. I got a pack of beers from Costco years back that had like a blueberry wheat in it and had like a cherry beer. It might have been a Sam Adams pack.
1: Sam Adams does a summer blueberry, I think, and a spring
0: cherry. And it was, they were both so fruity that it was like, it's not, you know, You can make something fruity and have it be good, like in a fresh fruit right. sort of way. This was, like, fruity in, like, a gross, like, melted slurpy kind of way. And I just could not stand it. I did not finish those beers. I think they stayed in my fridge for months. I think I drank them. Yeah. Someone dr- either you or someone else put them away at a party. Yeah. Like, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of these beers for you.
1: I don't mind those ones. I did have one. It's another, it's another one that I found out uh, is a Anheuser-Busch product. But it's like not one of their majors. It's one of their like faux craft beers. Uh huh. And it's a brewery, or it's a beer called Wild Blue. Okay. And it's a blueberry beer. It's another blueberry flavored beer. But this one tastes like grape soda. Ugh. It's like, and the thing is, is not only does it taste like grape soda, it's an eight percenter.
0: Oh my God. So
1: you don't, like most. That'll slow your roll. Most stronger beers, like your your IPA, like your stronger IPAs, like your your double IPAs or Imperial IPAs, or your stouts, are so strong flavored that you are forced to drink them slowly. Uh huh. This thing, like you could drink a six pack in ten minutes
0: just because it's sugar water. Because
1: it's sugar water. But the thing is, is like after two of
0: them, you you should stop. You know they should change the name of that stuff too. What? Cosby juice. Co- oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! Oh uh, my god! Is that too soon? Oh, not soon enough. I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> uh,
1: so more of a gear-related question. Do you want to pick one from? Let's his do list? the first
0: one. What's the biggest? Uh, what's the biggest snake oil product or concept for guitars out there? I, the thing that comes to my mind immediately, and I don't think it's really in the public eye these days, capos. No, is those fat finger things. Guitar picks. Do you remember those things? The fat finger. Fender. Does Fender? Well, they used to
1: be made by Groove Tubes, but now that Fender owns Groove Tubes, it's a Fender product. They're
0: basically these big brass clips that you snap onto your headstock. Yeah, they still make them. Yeah, I know they still make them, but they for a while they were like a big. Oh yeah, topic of discussion. Like oh, because everyone was trying to get so, like so much sustain out of their guitars. Everyone wanted their guitar to sound like a piano, basically.
1: Well, you know, there's this weird thing in the bass world where because a lot of people are like, oh, the fat finger, I really love it on, excuse me, on my bass. But there's this weird thing in the bass world where it's like uh, everyone wants like these ultra high mass bridges, like the badass bridge uh-huh. or the bab babics i think it's pronounced i don't know how it's pronounced but it's sure b-a-b-b-i-c-z bridge um or these just different high mass bridges um and the whole idea is sustained but then on the flip side of that is everyone wants uh because the scale on a base is so long ever the the hip shot ultralight tuners are also super popular right so the whole like whereas the trend used to be like oh you got to have this like all this mass in your headstock for sustain like the base world has already passed it and pretty much said like let's put all of the weight on the bridge Uh uh-huh and let's just keep the headstock as light as possible so we don't have to worry about neck dive
0: right like it just seems like a theory concept to me if they could prove that it does one thing or another then they would prove it and it would be like then they would just be putting big big pieces of brass into headstocks right hidden in there somewhere like as part of the design Steve I, is looking want, around like he has an idea
1: I want a guitar manufacturer that drills like eighth inch c- cylindrical holes uh-huh and their headstock like lengthwise Okay, so you could slide rods. You just it? slide these eighth inch metal rods and you could get like different types of metal as e- like they can all be the same size, but they'll all be different uh, types. So they'll all just be like different densities. So like you have like a steel rod for like a small amount of weight increase or like a lead rod for a lot right. of weight increase or you know et cetera
0: et cetera. They would do that if it did something. It doesn't really do anything, like I said. And the whole thing about brass is so goofy to me. There's this whole, like, oh, brass is like the musical metal. Brass is the tone metal. Right. Oh, haven't you noticed that they make trumpets out of brass? That means you need to make guitar parts out of brass. It's a completely different function. They make trumpets out of brass because, one, it's formable. Two... It looks pretty. Three, it's not because it, how it resonates. It's because of how sound bounce, bounces off of it, right? Well, and for what it's worth, I can't, I can't. And the, and the, the brass in a trumpet is, it might as well be paper thin. What they're doing with guitar opponents that are brass is making these giant chunks of metal.
1: I can't speak to brass instruments like the trumpet. I don't, I just don't know. It's just completely different. Uh, Audio concept. Uh, But what I will say is that when the entirety of the instrument is made out of metal, that is your, to make the analogy, that's your tone wood. Sure. Because of what I will say, and this is where I'm kind of going with this, is like B8 bronze versus B20 bronze on drum cymbals. Completely different sound.
0: Sure, but that's still a completely different audio situation than a nut or a bridge saddle or a clip on your head. And even
1: brass for a nut or a saddle, saying like, oh, a brass nut or a brass saddle changes your tone. That's that makes sense to me. I think the brass, whether you got the brass or the steel, because they made a steel fat finger as well. Uh huh. I think that was just to match your hardware. Sure. I don't think there was a tonal property. Do you think a brass having a brass nut is a gimmick? It's. Do you think that snake oil? Yeah, kind of. Because I know a lot of people say that the new Gibsons sound brighter, and they're attributing it to to the uh, the brass nut.
0: But then as soon as you fret that string, then you're on a nickel That's fret. That's true. So why, even if the brass does sound dramatically different, why would, why for any reason would you want your open strings to sound dramatically different than your fretted strings? That's my question. I have no idea. Even if it did sound dramatically different, which it doesn't. Maybe you just want more jangle
1: when you play cowboy chords.
0: Yeah, but then it's, you're getting only only getting that jangle on a couple of strings, and if there is any jangle at all, and the I don't know, it's it's to me that's like my big snake oil suspicion is that none of that matters. Um, you yeah, know, there's people who c- c- claim that they can feel or or hear the difference between different materials, and I'm sure you can. Um I know I know that like my Graph Tech saddles on my Strat definitely are a little bit darker sounding than a standard metal bridge piece. Okay. But I don't think I could tell the difference in sound between two different metal bridge pieces. Okay. Uh, I'd see what you're saying.
1: I don't, you know, I've been trying to think about this question for a while and I just, I don't know what, I don't know what my choice would be. I feel like I have something like, like there should be something obvious, but. Sure. I haven't been able to come up with anything.
0: Well, you know there's common things out there right now that people complain about or talk about or joke about It's like, you know, like $7,000 guitar cables and Yeah. you know stuff like that. I mean, you there's know,
1: some of that stuff is so extreme that like I just think is outright s- too stupid to think about. Right, right.
0: And and to a certain extent a lot of tone wood stuff is kind of snake oily where yeah. you know it's not by any coincidence that the vast majority of tone woods are also relatively affordable woods to work with sure you know you look at what guitar companies use as their tone woods i'm using air quotes and you look up at the prices of these and you realize that they're not terribly expensive compared to many other woods what
1: about wenge and bubinga and i
0: heard koa yeah but how often how often do you see those woods and guitars that's Co- true koa is one of those things where i don't care what it sounds like it just looks beautiful i heard so i forgot what i was listening to but someone was saying that koa
1: is actually a a uh registered trademark by the state of hawaii i could understand that, that like that like in order to build a koa like apparently koa that tree like only grows in hawaii uh-huh and it's super expensive and they sell like like single logs for like thousands and oh, thousands yeah. of dollars Oh no, yes yeah,
0: it's, it's very rare now um especially in the wild i think they have farms and stuff but it's like right. it's not like it used to be where there'd be giant koa trees because it's kind of a slow growing oh i don't like know anything imagine about it. imagine like a like a kind of a naughty wind rattled like kind of tree that's what you're looking at with koa oh, okay and they're not terribly big you have to work pretty hard to get a lot of wood out of them right so it is a difficult wood to harvest but you know if it does it sound different i don't know probably it sounds sounds or feels a little different but there's not one superior is my suspicion is there's not one wood that is tonally superior to another it's all just what you're going for and there's no such thing as tone wood you could use any wood you could use balsa for a guitar, and I'm sure it would have a you know its unique qualities. If you could get the thing to stay together, yeah, you would have to use like a trapeze bridge. So,
1: that. so as we veer further off topic, have you seen? I guess this this is viral, but I just saw it for the first time yesterday. This guy in like Liberia, I want to say, uh-huh. who built an oil can guitar from like just random things. Yeah, so he is. Blind, and I guess when he was a, like a kid or whatever, his parents were like, "You need to become the breadwinner. Like, go find something that you can do." Huh. So he built an oil can guitar, and literally, it's an oil can with like a like a maybe a one by two. Wow. Shoved into it for the neck, or like a maybe a one by four. Uh-huh. One by I don't know, but it's like it's some piece of like but it's like rotted fence post. Right. It's not like you he went to Home Depot and bought a one by four. Yeah,
0: he didn't get a piece of spalted maple.
1: And then uh, he's got um I'm not sure how the bridge works, but the uh, strings are brake cables from oh, cars. Oh wow, so like steel cables. He's got like three different steel cables, it's a three string guitar. The tuners are bent nails. So he like <laughs> no put, way. he put like the nail through it, tied the brake cable around it, and then on the back side the nails are bent and I guess he can t- turn the brake cable with them. Wow. To like create tension. The frets are um I'm going to need to see a picture of this. The frets are made out of a uh, clothes hanger. Wow. And the thing is, it so this is a video on YouTube, and it sounds legit. Now he's kind of he's only playing like three chords on it. It's like, hey, that's all he needs, right? Apparently, like he's a, I mean, a professional busker. He makes like four dollars a day, which in whatever country it is he lives in is like great that's money. enough to live off. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's great money, but it's that's the amount of money he needs to survive. Sure, and uh, and provide for his family and whatever. But it's just like totally like you look at what it is you look at pictures of it and it's not even like you look at it and go like oh that must sound horrible you look at it and think like i'm gonna get tetanus
0: <laughs> i'm gonna have to see a picture of this it's crazy i mean you think about what a musical instrument is a string musical instrument and the concept is so simple yeah it is a stick Suspending a string between two points At a set tension To produce a certain note And if it's an acoustic instrument One side of the connection for the spring or the string is connected To a hollow object that can resonate Right That is all it has to be Yeah You know And you know There's all kinds of different sounds You could get with different materials uh, I wonder you know If that guy ever thinks Oh I could get better tone If I got a better nail Oh my gosh You know uh, so next question on here, I can drop a humbucker into a Strat or a Telecaster, but it doesn't make it a Les Paul. Why is that? Scale. Scale length is important. Uh, hardware is also important. This a Strat has the springs in the back. You get a little bit of a different sound off of that. Tone woods. Uh, tone woods are very important. It's very important that you select the correct tone wood for your sound. No, um, I think it's just a general, just completely different. You know, materials, different construction. A strat and a telecaster have a bolt-on neck, which is going to feel a little different than a glued-in neck like a Les Paul. Sure. Uh, The woods are generally completely different. Uh, Les Pauls use heavier woods in their body construction.
1: Typically, yeah, they use mahog... Well, with like the classic Les Paul... You have a mahogany body and a maple cap.
0: Yeah. Maple
1: maple is super dense. Mahogany just kind of has this quote darker character to it sure um, overall the bodies tend to be a little heavier by a, by like a pound or so so it is well maple is like maple is super dense also the neck not, in addition to like bolt-on versus set neck Um, the Les Paul neck is all mahogany versus like the maple uh-huh.
0: maple neck oh, most of the difference is in feel if we're honest with ourselves, there's a lot of listening with our eyes that goes on between guitars. Um, you could, There's probably someone out there who could pick out the difference. But most of us are running through overdrives and modulations and delays and reverbs and stuff like that. If the output is the same on your Strat versus your Les Paul, in a recording, it's going to sound pretty similar. Like, like, you've brought up before, like, people always say, like, oh, that Led Zeppelin song. The classic sure. Les Paul tone. But in reality, he recorded it on a telecaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's... You know, to a certain extent, it does. you can make them sound very similar. Uh, a a stock telecaster is always going to be brighter and spankier than right. a stockless I, I Paul. think some
1: of it, too, is... Is I think there are fundamental tonal differences from instrument to instrument, but I think a lot of times we associate things without really thinking it. Like a Les Paul, I've I've played Les Pauls that were really bright. Sure. Excuse me. I've played Les Pauls that were really hard hot. I've played Les Pauls that were so dark that I hated them. Sure. Um. So it really just you know it's part part of it's the guitar, um. I think a lot of with the tele- with the strat a lot of times the issue is the bridge just yeah. the trem trem is not great for sustain and and it kind of people say it has like a springy tone to it and you can lock that down to an extent but at the end of the day like there's just it's no single factor no. there's nothing in that... I mean if you I've heard people say, like, oh, if you get a mahogany bodied strat, like, you get a little closer. So maybe, you know, you move from being 70% of the way there to 80% right. of the way there, but you're
0: still not all the way there. I mean, there's just a completely different components in each guitar. I still say that the biggest difference is going to be the feel, the difference, the biggest difference is going to be kind of psychological. Um, and then the pickups. The pickups make the hugest difference. Well, he's saying like if, if you put say, sure. Gibson humbuckers in a strap. Yeah, but that that's problematic because then those Gibson humbuckers aren't F spaced, so they don't <laughs> line they don't line up with the strings. Right, right. <laughs> but you know, I understand the 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 spirit of the question. I don't know. It that's a really hotly debatable one. You know, I feel like I could. Trick people in a in a blind hearing test between guitars. Sure, I think with the right EQing and everything, you could. If I if I could take a Les Paul and a Strat and swap pickups around with each of them, I'm betting I could get them to sound pretty close. Yeah, but still, they're going to feel and play very different from each other, and that is always going to be an issue. Like, I pick up a Strat, and it's just like, okay, this is my spanky slappy kind of like twangy sort of thing. I pick up a Les Paul style guitar I was like this is my deep dark heavy kind of like rocking from my hips sort of thing. Yeah. You know it's a different psychological thing. Sure. It's not all just the pickup. It's there, There's a psycho- psychology to it. Are we going to go through all of these questions? Uh we're at an hour right now. What's left on here? Uh let's do yeah, let's do the Tap Tempo.
1: Yeah, let's do the Tap Tempo. We'll wrap up with this one. It's kind of a weird one, but... Uh, and then we'll there's a couple more on here. We'll save them for another episode. Sure, sure. Because I do like these questions. Yeah, great questions. Um,
0: is Tap Tempo overrated and why? It, anything could be overrated if someone is, you know, worshiping it, you know. Tap Tempo is a tool that belongs in its place uh is it overrated in the sense that some people absolutely need it on everything yeah that's overrated i think tap tempo
1: is is something that so i've just recently been like breaking out of tap tempo uh
0: uh-huh. you've been a big tap tempo guy for uh, a long time i'm
1: a huge tap tempo fan but if you look at like kind of the music that i was listening to when i first kind of started getting into it like when i I would talk to guys in bands that uh locally and they were all using like dl4s or dd5s and it was all very um tap tempo centric and it's because they were all doing like synchronized leads absolutely and that's the one thing with my that's like we we talk about this every once in a while it comes up and and i still think in large, this is true. Like, the big difference between my guitar playing and your guitar playing is like, you just shred. Like, okay. You, you just have like a lead style that's very you. Sure, sure. And that's like your strong suit, whereas mine, like, my lead style is very. I don't really have a lead style because I suck at guitar. <laughs> uh, my my lead style is like more is synchronized delays, but my forte is is really rhythm and and again rhythm. I feel like is another place where like synchronized delays can really can really help. Yeah, yeah. But it's like I'm more of like my strength is rhythm and my strength is kind of understanding like strum patterns and that kind of thing. Sure. And, and timing. Um. So a lot of that kind of timing thing. Uh, Comes is where I think tap tempo really is cool, and one of the things I like to do with tap tempo is uh is set it to where like my 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 delay is in time with the song, uh huh, and then all of my so uh where all of my notes are on the same note, right? So all of my repeats are on top of each other, so. I end up kind of like creating these chords sure. from single notes, and as the delays trail, they become kind of like semi-chords, or at least like yeah. two or three notes on top of on top of each other. And that's something that's like
0: it's harder. You can do it without tap tempo. It's hard. You can do it without tap tempo if you're playing with yourself. If yeah, you're, if you're playing in a band, tap tempo just makes it so much easier. Yeah, and the thing is, is like back when actually when I assuming first, you have a decent drummer.
1: Yeah, when I first started getting into guitar, I was using the down Electro PB and J, which is an analog style digital delay. Uh huh. And I actually used that delay so much that I could use it. Like a tap tempo, sure. You were familiar with it. Well, I was uh, familiar with it enough that I could do synchronized leads Uh to whatever tempo we were doing as long as I had like a chance to set up because I just I, I was one with that delay, right? Totally. Um, but it's it's really a stylistic choice now that I'm using the memory boy more, like I'm starting to kind of like understand more just having a rhythmic kind of like yeah. non-synchronized delay and, and kind of how that works uh, for a different lead playing style. And it's just something I've never really explored. Sure. So uh, is tap tempo overrated? It's, it's I think a lot of people... Um, what I see is kind of a uh, trend where people feel like they need to be in one camp or the other. Yeah. And I think that's just... Part of that is because even though everyone is like, oh, I got to have like six overdrives because I I, I stack them. I use one overdrive for clean, (laughs) two overdrives for semi-clean, three overdrives for semi-dirty, four overdrives for dirty, five overdrives for for semi-heavy, six overdrives for heavy. (laughs) Uh, But people don't want to own more than one delay I mean, a lot of people do have more than one delay. Sure, sure. A lot of people have Strymon timelines, which is 99 delays. Right. They'll um, get two of them. <laughs> but, you know, but a lot, I see all the time where someone's like, should I get a DD7 or a carbon copy? And I'm like, can you pick
0: two more opposing yeah. pedals? Yeah, no kidding. I
1: mean, the DD7, even the DD7 analog voicing is still brighter than the carbon copy. Yeah. And it's still tap
0: tempo. I mean, here's I've got two delays on my board, and they're completely different flavors. Right. I've got the Boss DD3, which is a digital delay that, I, admittedly, does get a little soft in its repeat, softer than a normal digital delay. Yeah. Uh, but then I've got the Memory Toy, which is just pure analog, kind of darkness, you know. And I use, the, I use the DD-3 as kind of my bright slapback when I want to do kind of like a lead, like 80s hair metal sort of thing. And I use the memory toy as my washy, kind of chordy, ambient sort of thing. So I don't need tap tempo for either of those things. But if I was in a situation where I needed, like I needed for sure, need, need, needed, my notes to line up with the beats... Yeah. I would get it I would get a tap tempo no problem I would have no problem with that is I don't need to fight against you know popularity or whatever I I would just get it because that would be the tool that I need
1: yeah I think the biggest thing is just understanding what your goals are yes absolutely um what kind of music what kind of things do you want to do with your music I, th- I think when I was playing my favorite combination and I tried to do this with the dd5 and dd7 to an extent part of me wants to do it you know I talked to about like reorganizing my board. Part of me wants to put my Memory Boy and the DD five on the same board because uh-huh. I've always liked having a digital delay going into an analog. It would delay. be
0: like you doing exactly what I'm doing, but with no, like pedals with numbers a little higher.
1: <laughs> Actually, it would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to think
0: about what you are referencing,
1: but, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and then I, you know, and there's with that tap tempo. I've done the tap tempo. Uh, the tapped delay into like an analog style delay before. Uh-huh. And it sounds really cool because you get both the synchronized delay and the analog chaos at uh-huh. the same time. Um And that is something that a lot of guys do. That's something, again, that was really uh, popular when I was kind of getting into guitar like 15 years ago. Sure. Um, well it's
0: the whole like edge u2 sort of thing exactly yeah it's it's the edge
1: it's the u2 and it's kind of it's like
0: Coldplay. play it's all those guys you know? it was
1: kind of this foundational moment in um in uh, this like pop indie rock emo sure. sound in the late 90s early 2000s where you had these like uh, bands you know ranging from like american football and jimmy world and further scenes forever and whatever i don't know if further scenes forever is so much used delay but like definitely jimmy world and american sure. football and a lot of those kinds of bands were using uh delay to create these like kind of rhythmic landscape but a lot of that was like it was all tempo based
0: yeah absolutely uh, that's all i got well good question adam <laughs> Moment of silence for why, why are we the, the beer that Steve just finished. Um, Don't blame me. <laughs> do we have anything else to say? That's it, isn't it? I think that's it. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a song here from. Uh, how do I say his last name? From Bi- Brian Finlay. 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 Fin. fin-, fin- Finale. I think it's just Finlay. Brian Finale. I don't see that here (laughs) Okay, thanks for the song, Brian Oh, we should read that email I think Brian thinks that we're a a radio station
1: He says Hello, I was talking to you on Facebook About playing my band's song on the radio We are called Five Mile Smile We are from Belfast, Northern Ireland Here's the info on the band, thank you
0: Brian, Um, we're not a radio station
1: Yeah, the, the song is called Call to Arms Five Mile Smile formed in Belfast, Northern Ireland uh, in 2000 spent three years playing gigs around Ireland before splitting up in 2003 uh, they reformed in 2014 and have recently recorded new songs this song is called call to arms you can check them out uh, on Facebook if you look up five miles smile they have a page or on Twitter at twitter.com slash five miles smile one and speaking of Twitter uh, I'm on Twitter as 60 cycle hum cast at twitter yeah you ma- you manage know that know thing that more is. than i do twitter.com slash 60 cycle humcast yeah we're on in- the instagrams at 60 cycle hum we are we're all over
0: yeah you know us this song sounds really cool i hope you guys enjoy it uh thanks for listening Yep. <laughs>